0: Before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know about Northern Scene. Uh, Northern Scene is an online record store that is created for punk and hardcore vinyl collectors, specifically if you live in Canada. If you're like me, you've been online countless times. You've got a couple records in your cart. You're about to hit buy, and then you see just how much shipping is going to cost you to ship you those records up from the States. Northern Scene is here to save the day. Get those punk and hardcore records you love. At a more reasonable price. Uh, they also currently offer free pickup in the Victoria and Vancouver areas. You're uh, currently listening to a song, the new single from Smoker Fire, called Modesty. Their new record, Beauty Fades, which is out on Iodine Recordings on May 27th, is up for pre-order now at northernscene.net, amongst many other records that are up for pre-order or others that are already available. Head to northernscene.net and use the promo code GROWINGUP at checkout and save 15%. That's the promo code GROWINGUP, all lowercase, all one word, to save 15% on your order. You can also give them a follow uh, on Instagram at northernscene.store. So yeah, you want to collect some punk and hardcore records and you're tired of paying crazy prices for shipping? Northern Scene is here for you. Again, that's northernscene.net, promo code GROWINGUP to save 15% or find them on Instagram. At northernscene.store but let's not waste any more time let's get into today's episode I listen to it and
1: I'm like uh, not for me and I
2: listen to it again and I'm like ah, uh, it's kind of cool. And then eventually it's my favorite.
0: Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. This episode is my interview with Brian and Daniel of The Home Team. Now, The Home Team are a band out of Seattle. Blending elements of post-hardcore, pop, and pop punk, their latest record, Slow Bloom, is available on Revival Recordings. And in this interview, we talk about the wide variety of influences that the band draws from, specifically in three songs that they chose. As well, we also dive into three songs from Slow Bloom, uh, as I mentioned, their latest record, which came out last year. Before we get into it, how about some housekeeping? Go follow us on Instagram, on Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find the links to mine and Aaron's personal personal Twitters and Instagrams there as well. You can find us on Patreon if you want to throw a couple bucks a month our way to help support the show if you like what we do. Uh, We've also got merch available if you want to go that route. Grab yourself a t-shirt, maybe a sticker, maybe a coffee mug. It's all up to you. All of those things are linked in the show notes as well as in our social media bios. And wherever you are listening to the show, make sure you rate it and you review, you share it with your friends. Help spread the love a little bit of growing up punk. Let's not waste any more time this is my conversation with singer Brian Butcher and drummer Daniel Matson, discovering the home team. I,
1: I, I'd never show you. How-
0: Let's, I guess, let's let's start from the, well, right off the hop, because there's two of you. Why don't you guys quickly introduce yourselves, what you do in the band, so uh, the listener can kind of get an idea of who's talking when.
3: Totally. Uh, I'm Brian. I am the vocalist. I'm
2: Daniel, and I am the driver.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I Uh, like that. He also happens to play drums sometimes. (laughs) Uh, that, okay. That either, either works. So when you say you're the driver, does that mean you do most of the driving on tour? Is that what you're joking about? Or are you talking about keeping the band moving say, forward?
2: I don't think I do over 50% of the total driving, Right. but as far as percentage per person, right. I have the highest percentage. Per <laughs> that makes
0: sense. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, let's go back. I guess that now that we kind of know who's who to the beginning, um, And I don't know if, Brian, you want to take this one first or what, but do you remember the first, like, band or song or album or whatever that got you into the whole, like, punk, hardcore, post-hardcore world?
3: Yeah. I started as a metal kid, Mm. and I mostly listened to metal, and I remember distinctly uh, playing Guitar Hero 3 and... Actually, no, it was Guitar Hero 2 and 6 by All That Remains was on it. Okay. And... I did not really listen to a lot of metal, but the bridge of six, which is funny enough, the least metal part of the whole song, uh, I just like fell in love with. And so I started listening to that song and then it just snowballed. Sweet. Yeah. So all that remains, that was my
0: first. That's what, that's, that's awesome. What about you? Is it, sorry, is it Daniel or Danny or Dan? What do you go by? Uh, Daniel is perfectly adequate. Okay. So Daniel, what about you? Do you remember the first song or band or whatever?
2: Yeah. So I have a, a three part answer to this, um, the very first one that I remember was on Now 3. Like okay. Now that's what I call music 3. Uh, okay. Limp Biscuits' Nookie was on that. Okay. Uh, and I used to blast that on a boombox downstairs when mm-hmm. I was like, shoot, it must have been 9. Yeah. Um, and I wore that CD out. Nice. Uh, yeah. Then shortly after that, uh, I discovered Linkin Park and listened to their album Hybrid Theory a yeah. shit ton. Linkin yeah. Park was an early one for me yep uh and then the thing that got me like into like the metal scene i guess or into that style of music was uh as i lay dyings forever i, uh, that. I heard that on someone's myspace profile and i just was like that is that's my personality now
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh the good old myspace days hey uh do you do you miss the myspace days in any sort of way or he is does it con- oh
2: <laughs> Yeah, Brian. Yeah, I don't think you ever. I would,
3: I had a MySpace, but I was at the
2: tail end of the era. Right. I booked my first ever tour with my old deathcore band on MySpace. Amazing. And it had some tools that, like, just no other website has has, like, been able to replicate. Yeah. Um, there was this feature where you could look at, uh, you could go to like the music charts, yeah. pick a yeah. city, and then organize it by genre and like pick one to three genres and then organize the bands by number like most views, most friends, etc all the way yeah. down and then message those bands but i literally booked my my first ever diy tour by just going phoenix arizona metal deathcore hard or metal death metal hardcore message the top 30 bands offering them a show trade and i did a whole tour off that
0: that's awesome that's amazing like i i somewhat like i had a myspace page and I had a band or two that had MySpace pages, but like, I also don't really remember being on it a ton or really using it a whole, whole lot for music. Like I understand it, it played a pretty big role, but I don't know how I really missed that. Like I was, I don't know if, because like, so I graduated high school in 2002, so I don't know if I was like a little bit old for it like to, for that whole side of things. But, uh, I love, I love hearing about those days because like there was a whole, you know, like a whole scene that really sprung from a website, right? Like that's why. Yeah. That,
2: that makes total sense because I graduated high school in 2008. So I had my, I got my MySpace in 2004, which is like, I don't, I think the website must've came up in what?
0: 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was
2: like, my entire high school experience was heavily based around MySpace, um, right. And then Facebook started like really taking over when I was in college.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Cause Facebook, I think was, I don't remember when that started either, but like when I, when I signed up for that, but um, yeah, maybe that's what it was. It was just, I just kind of like missed it by a couple of years or whatever. Like I spent a lot of time on, I don't even remember like websites, uh, like pure volume, was a big Hell website yeah,
2: you... rest oh, yeah. in peace rest yeah
0: in peace. right like sharing music on like sites like that like that's i think where i probably discovered most of my music around that time but uh yeah anyway um let's talk about the band how did you guys so you mentioned um daniel that you had another band prior did you both play in other bands before the home team or like how did that whole thing come together
3: yeah, we are we are a supergroup of the dudes in Seattle that actually that were dragging all the other members behind them. Uh, we basically John and Dan started the band in twenty thirteen ish, but before like five years before that, you guys were sending demos back and forth.
2: Yeah, the first ever home team demos were from John and me sending them back and forth uh, through Guitar Pro in yeah. like two thousand nine because we used to play in a melodic hardcore band together. Okay, uh, then both of our like respective metal bands, like started touring more. And right. then in 2013, uh, both of those bands broke up and we restarted the home team, um, did an EP with another vocalist that didn't work out. And then Brian joined in 2015. Uh, and then that was kind of like the real beginning of the band, yeah. I guess.
0: Um, so, yeah, Brian, what about, what, what was your your past before this band Like what were were you playing in? uh, What kind of bands were you playing in?
3: I was playing in like a progressive metal band, uh, called stories away. That was definitely my kind of brainchild at the Mm -hmm. time. I was playing guitar and doing vocals. And then I ended up giving the guitar to somebody and, and just singing live, but I was still writing like pretty much everything. Um, and I played some shows with the home team's old bassist, um, And when and uh, home team's old vocalist um, in when they were in a different band. And so when home team's old vocalist uh, who was only in it for when did John go on a tour? He did. Yeah, we
2: had we had another uh, guy in between the first guy and Brian that was Mm -hmm. we took one set of promos. And I think he recorded one song that never made, you know, never made it out. But I knew
3: him. And when he quit, it was just because he wasn't feeling it and he wanted to keep playing metal. Um, yeah, and he hit me up and he was like, "Hey, I just quit the home team and I think you should audition." And I was like, "Yeah,
0: I'm gonna do that." <laughs> All right, cool, I'm in. Um, so, how did the whole, I guess, like the relationship with Revival come about? Because they actually—I don't know if you can see it on your screen, but I've got—I've got a home team flag hanging in my room. Uh, because, oh yeah, yeah, because they like—I um, think it was Courtney at Revival just sent me like a box full of stuff, and that's how that's how this interview came to be. But so, how did? Uh, how did you guys get connected with, with Revival?
2: Uh, our friends in Avoid were Where's... signed with them. And then, um, someone from the label came out and saw us in like 2017 or maybe okay. the beginning of 2018.
3: It was just, yeah. It was like January, 2018.
2: It was Hawthorne theater with Rest Pose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they came out and saw us, uh, and then we signed shortly after that.
0: Did you just say with, uh, Jared Dines, rest Repose? <laughs>
3: yes it, <laughs> I, can't what believe, I
2: can't believe you know <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh,
3: we did we did two tours
0: with them one oh, west fantastic. coast
3: and then one full us
0: yeah i don't yeah. really know like their music at all i just know like jared obviously through his yeah. his youtube page sure. um, they are
3: now dragged under and yeah and,
0: jared. and what was what's the other band story?
3: and well sans jared
0: i said oh sans jared yeah 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 which like aaron uh the other guy who does this show with me he absolutely loves dragged under um which is that like does uh oh i don't know his name i just know fluff yeah yeah what's ryan is that his name Uh uh-huh yeah yeah because uh again like just that blew my mind when i like find out these two youtube guys are like you know they know each other same city same bands like that's wild Uh, but
3: oh yeah yeah, we uh, we go way back with both of them (laughs)
0: That's funny, yeah. Um, it, well, it's funny that you bring that up, because like, I hadn't watched a Jared video for quite some time, and then something came up on my YouTube feed recently, and I was like, oh, yeah, Jared Dines, forgot about this. And that was literally just like maybe yesterday, so uh, that's, that's very fitting that he got, got brought up. But um, Seattle, can we talk about Seattle for a moment? Because I absolutely love that city. And so did you did you both grow up there?
3: Yep. I, I lived in Portland until I was about nine, and mm-hmm. then I uh moved here and have been here ever since um and you you were like basically born and raised here right? uh, you were I, Born
2: in i was born in new jersey but my parents realized right. they were living in new jersey and so they, <laughs> moved, they moved to seattle when i was like one that's so a, I, i've lived in seattle my whole life
0: that's a fair move <laughs> they realized they were living in new jersey and said uh-uh no more um but yeah no, seattle is one of because it's like i like i'm I don't know if you know Ryan. I'm in Edmonton in Canada, in Alberta. Yeah. So I'm in western Canada and Seattle is kind of I would say for sure the closest like major center mm-hmm. in the US. So like um, you know, it's it's a frequent one where we're like to go away like for a weekend or whatever, where it's a short flight type thing, right? Like uh or even a relatively short drive. Me and a group of friends drove down from here, so it's like fifteen hour drive relatively I say. short. Relatively yeah, short, yeah. We drove, we left at like eight o'clock at night, drove overnight. It was me and three other guys. And uh, so we got to Seattle. It was right around lunchtime, just before lunchtime. So we just went downtown, went and got food, went to uh, like Pike Place, and whatever. you know, did the experience music project, yep. like the classic, like touristy things just to kill some time. And then we went to a show at the show box and stayed the night, got up at six in the morning and drove home. <laughs> So it was, it was wild, dude. It was it ridiculous. was a ridiculous. day. It's, yeah. It was one of those trips though, where I'm always like, yeah, like that was, that was easily like the one where it's like, as far as ex, all around experiences for, you know, going to a show that for sure tops the list because I haven't done anything like that. Uh, I mean, you since. basically
2: just described what like some of the hardest days on tour. are like. Yeah. Well, like there's on this last tour, we had a, a couple like eight plus hour drives yeah. and it's really hard. Cause you can't leave till one in the morning and then yeah. you got to be in the next place at like, you know, two. Yeah. So you just have to drive just all night. Go. This is how it goes.
0: Well, and like touring Canada, like I, I, I've never played in a band that toured. So I don't know that, but I just know like how big this country is. So you hear oftentimes about how much driving there is just to go from kind of like, you know, like where I am, there's another, you know, good city, you know, decent scene. That's like two and a half, three hours away. So that's not bad. But then to go anywhere from there. Is, you know, minimum eight hours. And then it just like gets further and further as you kind of like, especially once you get into Ontario, where, yeah, you're getting, if you're in like the G, like the Toronto area, it's one thing. You know, there's a bunch of places you could play, but getting to Toronto from Western Canada is ridiculous. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's why most of the tours you see will hit like Vancouver yeah. and then dip back down into the States and then. Yeah. I feel like I never see anyone hitting, like, Edmonton or Calgary. It's it's, it's all, rare. Like it having Toronto and Montreal.
0: Yeah, like, having said that, I mean, obviously with, you know, like, the pandemic and stuff, shows have been, I mean, non-existent uh, for the most part up here for the last couple of years. But they're, they're getting going again. And, like, obviously bands that are just hungry to tour because all of a sudden, like, once shows started getting announced, at first I thought, oh, it'll be, you know, we'll get some tours of Canadian bands, right? Like, bands that, you know know the circuit whatever and they don't have to worry about crossing the border with any you know kind of health stuff and and all that kind of stuff but um no we still got like touche amores coming up here right away uh hot water music and Menzingers have a tour that's coming up here right away like there's all of a sudden like when the shows started getting announced they were like there's so many of them which i was like i kind of missed the days where shows weren't happening because i didn't spend all my money on them you know like <laughs> right now i'm like oh i just that's another 50 bucks that I got out of my wallet because this show is coming up and I got to go. But at the same point, having shows back is amazing.
3: Word. Yeah. It's Word.
0: <laughs> have, you, uh, have you guys gotten to... Did you just come off a tour or are you going on one right away? Oh. Perfect. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, we just did a month with This Wildlife and Broadside. Nice, yeah. Um, and then we had like three, four days off and then met up with uh, Point North... Concrete castles and little lotus. Okay, um, cool. And then we're doing the last week of that tour, so we'll be meeting up. With, we're flying out in like a week and a half to, mm-hmm. to go back.
0: Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, that'll all be relatively ancient history. So um, <laughs> you'll have other yeah, so tours. So we will have
2: just we just finished our tour with Point North. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was great, and we're yeah. looking forward to the next tour with.
0: Insert name here. <laughs> Check our Instagram page to see what we've announced. <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's uh let's get into the song. So I got you to uh, pick three songs that you could say influenced you in one way or another, as well as three songs from the home team to talk about. So we'll go through um we'll go through the the, the songs that inspired you, I guess, first and then into the home team songs. And I, I tried, I don't know if you know, I I think I got this right. I put them, I think, in order that they came out. Like um, as far as the, the influential bands are concerned. And then you, your songs, I tried to put them, I believe, in order of where they sit on the album, because they all came from one album. But the first one that you picked uh, is Don Brocco. Did I say it right? Is it Brocco? Uh,
2: you know, that's what we used to say. They say Broco, but oh, they also have English accents. So yeah. that's how they would say it anyway.
0: All right. So it's... we have
2: we say Don Broco now.
0: Don Brocco. That's fair. So Don Broco and the song Technology.
1: I'm the only one left, right I'm not the only one left, right I gotta face the world keeps changing There won't be nobody else Need to hold myself together One front forward and the next Keep me moving on left, right, left, right, left, right Keep me moving on left, right, left, right, left, right I start 24-7 I know you're not the only one missing. Ah, quit messing around, oh. You lovers been messing around, ooh, now. Brother, excited that shit up. Ah, quit messing around, oh. My brother's been messing around, take it back.
0: Take it back, back. Yeah, I That's, haven't watched that one before. Yeah, I that was an amazing video. To be honest, like the
2: videos are all so good.
0: Yeah, like that was the the the. I mean, we'll talk about the song in a minute, but um, the uh, I was trying to figure out. I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to pay attention to here? Because obviously, the message of the song is, you know. And the video is, like, getting lost in in technology or in your phone sort of thing, right? And Like, just missing what's going on around you. Ah, and it, I
2: didn't, didn't think about that.
0: <laughs> and, like, for sure, in the middle of that, I was like, oh, man, I spent...
2: was an alien nuclear apocalypse. I was <laughs> focusing on the on that.
0: Well, and that's the funny thing is, like, like halfway through the video, all of a sudden, I was like, man, I've spent so much time watching this, like, mock Instagram video going on on the phone sort of thing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, there's stuff going on in the background. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a... That was pretty awesome. But that song. um, So when did you first hear this band?
3: Oh, I mean, with the release of this
2: album, I I had listened to Automatic, the record before this, and I don't know if I was just in a point in my life where I was listening to more heavy music, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really care for Automatic all that much. Um, It wasn't until and actually I've been this way with every single Don Broco release. I listen to it. and I'm like, "Uh, not for me. And I listen to right. it again, I'm like, "Oh, it's kind of cool. And then eventually it's my favorite thing. Um yeah, I, fe- yeah. I feel like I just struggle to get it every time. Much <laughs> like the music video, I guess. Yep. <laughs> right.
0: Well, there you go. Um, uh, uh,
2: but then like there was a period where I probably listened to this album once a day for maybe uh, three months straight. Me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. just all I listened to.
0: Does that happen to you often? Like you come uh, across an album that you listen to every day for a while?
2: Not at all. I mean, m- maybe like. A couple weeks for me, yeah. but like not many that I that lasted as long as this album did. Like, right. Um it's just like, like there's just they just do so many weird and interesting things and like the songs don't go where my brain goes.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um so it's just like it's catchy and there's tons of pop hooks, but there's also like heavy element. Yeah. Um and they just kind of do whatever they want, which is
0: sick. Yeah, like I mean it's similar in in like there's, there's definite, uh, I could see where, you know, if you're saying this influenced us and so I can definitely see that in your music, like there's some similarities that riff at the end is gnarly. Like <laughs> when all of a sudden it kind of comes out of left field and we're like, Oh, we're going to end the song this way, uh, is, is pretty fantastic. I also love that. I was just saying this in, uh, an episode that I, I was doing recording the other day, but when you can hear accents in music, and so, you know, when you would mention like, oh, well, they've got, you know, English accents or, or whatever, uh, so they pronounce it Broco. But then listening to the music, I was like, oh, I love that I can hear, clearly hear uh, his accent. It's pretty rad. But uh, yeah, yeah. if it, it, those of you listening, if you haven't heard this band, well, I mean, obviously you've heard them now, but if you haven't seen the video for this song, I'd highly recommend it. It's pretty rad, uh, pretty creative video because like it's a, it's a message from that song and from that video that i think like countless artists have covered right like just we live in a world now where people will literally you know walk through their 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 day and hardly look away from the phone and miss everything going on around them um they just do it in a very entertaining way with this video so yeah um i I look forward to listening to more of their stuff Uh, the next song that you picked is a band that I'm actually familiar with because that band, that was the first time I'd ever heard them. Uh, But I don't know if I'd heard this song, this particular song before, because I'm kind of like, I only know him a little bit. I listened to him for a short period of time, but the band is Issues and the song is Drink About It.
2: Sky, the bass player from Issues, uh, now in 21 Pilots, um, produced our record, Slow Bloom, uh, and he played bass on the record.
0: Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, now we've got got a little more... uh... I guess, perspective, but uh, yeah, let's, I want to check this song out. You. was supposed to be telling me something <laughs> a little more artsy art oh, well. yeah I was like, just a lot of interesting visuals but uh that song so issues when uh when did you first hear them
3: oh i mean like way back in the day when like i was a big mm-hmm. what was me fan um which right. was the so the original two vocalists of issues um tyler and michael used to be in a called cool what was me i listened to that shit then they split off and made issues at first i did not really fuck with it i didn't really like their first dp but mm-hmm. then their full length came out when i was still in like late high school early college uh yeah. yeah i must have been in college by then but it came out and i and my guitarist of stories away stories away with my old band at the time he was like <clears throat> yo i know you didn't like the first EP, but you should listen to the full length because it's it's way better and it's way different and um i did yeah. and I, I really really liked it um uh, John has known Sky for a long time. um Sky is the basis uh that we know yeah. um, John has a very funny story about Sky and when John was at uh Red robin one time and sky used to <laughs> used to work there and John
2: had been playing in was that oblivion or was uh, that yeah it was it was oblivion, but he was sky was trying to join. Eternal Nocturna. Ah, I think. yep. And they were sitting at a table, and Sky goes up to John, and he's like,
3: "Dude, are you in Eternal Nocturna? Like, bro, I love your fucking band. Like, it's so sick." And
2: John's like, "Yeah, man, cool." John was kicking out <laughs> a member of another band at the time, uh, and so and the he, vibe was a little. And he weird. cool guy, Sky, which what we tell him now, it's like we made his career because there's an alternate universe where he joins Eternal Nocturna and doesn't join Issues. And
0: that band goes nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, first time I heard that band, I remember, like, Issues, I remember uh, being blown away because I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever heard two different worlds of music come together quite like that. Like, obviously, like, the vocals are very, like, very poppy and and polished, which is fantastic. Like, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm, I'm like, there's people who are like, oh, I can't stand how poppy the vocals are or whatever. But like combining that with when I first heard it, I was like, it reminds me of like, you know, pop meets new metal, which is so freaking weird because like when new metal was at its peak, like that was like the antithesis of new metal, right? They're all like, Oh, these stupid pop bands, boy bands, blah, 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 blah. And then here we are years later and you got bands that are like combining those sounds to just come up with amazing, I feel like it's
2: kind of the progr- the next progression in like easy core. So like when easy core started right. happening, you know it's pop punk and hardcore. But then like you go further in each direction and you get like pop R and B elements, right? With, like gent riffs. So that's yeah. The issues kind of I feel like they kind of spawned an entire genre of music. Um sure But they ahead. are like clearly the best at that.
0: Right. Yeah, they are um, they are a band that, like I said, I, there was a period, a window where when I first discovered them, I was just like, holy shit, this is really cool. And then, um, you know, just happens sometimes with music, like you kind of, there's so much stuff out there now, right? Like just with streaming services and whatever, uh, there's so much music to digest that sometimes you kind of find something that you really like, but then for whatever reason, don't come back to it for a long time. So I was really pumped when you got had them on the list because i was like man i haven't listened to issues in a while what are they up to these days because that one came out looks like 2019 so um would have been new like came out after i was kind of listening to them for a little bit but uh yeah that was that was rad and again like i mean that sound like those first two bands that we just heard from don broco and and issues like obviously they both have heavy music coupled with you know kind of that that Popier that classic popular mm-hmm. vocal styling, which I think you guys do as well. Maybe not quite as heavy yeah. as those bands, but it's a similarity for sure. This next band, holy shit, when I listened to it, I was like, I don't know what this is. I've never <laughs> never heard of this. I don't even know how to classify this, but Dude, except for just calling it really fun. The, this
3: is the sickest yeah, video so that, we are going to watch. I
0: promise. <laughs> I'm excited because I haven't seen the video for this either. I like listened to all the songs and then just happened. I was like, I wonder because I knew The songs that you had shared from the home team, there's videos for all of them. So, yeah, I wonder if there's videos for these ones. And sure enough, they all had them. So um, this is Polka Dot Stingray with the song Fiction.
4: (laughs) Fiction. the okay.
0: right like okay so tell me about polka dot stingray and how you kind of got into them and discovered uh,
3: them so it zab right it was zab yeah in 2019 um, we had a filling guitarist who was uh, who came on a tour with us and he showed us them and at first i don't think anybody really gravitated towards it but then one of us was like hey do you remember this band that zab showed us it's actually really sick and then we kept listening to it and now literally all of us are fucking head over heels for it Um, honestly like writing wise it's kind of our secret sauce to rip them off
0: (laughs) all right cool yeah like so what what elements are you taking from a song like that for your music like there i I think there are little things here and there where i'm like oh i can hear you know just trying to think Mm -hmm. about your music obviously without sitting here listening to it right this moment but i'm like oh i think i remember bits and pieces that kind of have a similar sort of feel but like this is obviously a lot yeah. lighter. I don't necessarily mean that in like you guys are depressing because that's yeah. not the case at all, right? But like like without – this is lacking like that heavier sort of edge that you sure, guys are dabbling totally. from time to time.
3: Um, yeah, no. We take a lot of like, for example, horns uh, influence came, came a lot from yeah. them. And um, a lot of the feel and a lot of the groove, I know it's pretty – it's not a very specific answer, but um, there – it is – yeah, we we don't steal anything from them per se, but there's a lot of vibe that we try and um,
2: pull right. from those yeah. songs and accomplish. Because and the the big thing is that it just changes. Hearing something like that changes the way you look at music. When you like, it was the mm-hmm. same thing when we first heard Don Broco. Like, we had a way we were writing and a way that we viewed music, and then seeing something that is completely different from everything that we've ever heard before, just like. Cha- completely mm. opens like the floodgate or the floodgates for like the way you approach a song. Um, there's just so many like,
0: yeah
2: I don't do any drums. I had never written any drums that sounded anything like that. So it's just like, we're going into the next record. There's so many. Now I have a completely different book of ideas. on like how to do budget versions of that because I can't do what they do. Um, and same thing <laughs> yeah. chord progression wise, like they just go places that, we don't go so it you try uh, trying our best to do a to do that justice is how uh we're probably gonna wind up at the sound of the next album yep
0: right that's fair the percussion on that song was wild (laughs) like there's so much going on and like little um like just like little surprises here and there where you're like oh they literally just played a triangle, or you know, like just like adding all these little things to the song that um, I don't know if that plays into you know because you, you, you kind of I think you you mentioned sort of a whole vibe that you like sure. to try to take inspiration from, and like obviously Dave's got so much going on, but the the horns and stuff that you have in your music and it and like we'll hear it in a few minutes here because I'm pretty sure one of the songs at least one of the songs you picked has uh, a subtle horn uh, section, but. Um, yeah, that's pretty rad. It's it's cool to hear like very different music, but still being able to hear that inspiration, you know, because um, a lot of times, you know, bringing bands on the show like this and talking about, you know, music and what inspired them. A lot of times it's either, well, yeah, it's the, the obvious, like the bands that they kind of sound like, or it's just stuff that they've liked and you're like, okay, but so where did that, where's that inspiration playing out in your music aside from being like, you know, sometimes it's just, they make me want to make music. And that's cool, too. I think right? the best so, part is w- I'm not
2: capable of playing any of the stuff that the bands that inspire me play. So <laughs> I can't really rip right. them off. So I'm inherently not going to sound exactly like them because I just can't do it.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, that And that's fair. Well, let's get into some of your, your songs and some of your, your drums and stuff. Uh, so all three songs that you picked came off of uh, the record Slow Bloom, which came out. Was that it was last no, year? Totally it came out, either. right? Of 21? Yeah, okay. Um, and so one of the... Actually, I'll, I'll save this story for when we actually get to the song because one of the songs is the one that introduced me to you as a band and I kind of had an initial reaction when I first heard it. But uh, so the first song we're going to get into is... Uh, what is it? I think it's track two yep. on the record. Um, right Through Me. You're still a maybe
1: So could you think about it Rushing Just for me I'll let you sleep on it And call me in the morning Oh baby
0: That you're bringing back the uh, storage container, empty warehouse videos. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, yeah, tell me a little bit about this song. Why did why did you pick this as one of the ones to kind of introduce people to the home team? This was actually the first
3: song of the Slow Bloom uh, era we released, Um, and that was definitely intentional. Okay. Uh, A, it's one of our favorite Mm -hmm. songs. Um, But B, it also has kind of like it has a little more upbeat energy compared to a lot of the other ones. And Mm -hmm. we felt like that was a pretty decent bridge between our old sound and this or, and our new sound slow bloom. Um, Like if we had come out the gate with like watching our friends get retro slow bloom first, people would have been like, Whoa,
2: what? Yeah. So this did a really good job of having like the upbeat energy and kind of like similar, I guess like aggression to some of the stuff on better off our previous record while also introducing yeah. a lot of new elements. So like there's a couple songs on the on Slow Bloom that if you if we picked the like most old sound of our last record and the most new sound of our of Slow Bloom, it sounds like two totally different bands that just have Brian singing on it. Um sure. but this was like a pretty good yeah. gap. Or a pretty good way to bridge the gap,
0: I guess. Yeah. Well, it's got like I mean the, uh, like the vocal lines you're singing in the verses are definitely like kind of pop, R&B sort of influence. Like there's a certain, I don't know if cadence is the right word with how you're delivering those melodies, but then when the chorus kicks in and it just like hammers you with, you know, massive guitars and just like the straightforward drums you got going on, it's a lot more, you know, kind of like, I guess anthemic, especially in comparison to, you know, you you mentioned watching all your friends get rich, which we're gonna to listen to in a minute, but you know, like the, the chorus on that song is a very different vibe than what you're doing for sure on this song. Right? Like this song, I I see what you're saying where it's like a good bridge between, you know, kind of I'm not super familiar with the record before this. I've I've kind of listened to it briefly, but uh I mean when I heard this record, Slow Bloom, I was hooked pretty quickly so i was like dang this is really cool so but just that yeah that it it, i can i can see it being a good bridge between the sound of those two records so with that then why if that was the case why wasn't it the opening track because
3: move it or lose it the one that is the opening track was the literal first song that we wrote that we said oh this is oh, the funny. direction we need yeah. to go um there are older songs sure. on slowdown okay, cool. um scary movies mm-hmm. another Night alone with you um, those are older than,
2: yeah, those are the move two oldest.
3: Yeah. And then one that was a B side that'll get released with the deluxe version. Um, those, mm. uh, move it lose it was the first one where we said, oh, this is what we should be doing. And that's why I felt like it right. was a very good introduction to the album as a whole. Um, and it was the next single after this one that we released. Uh, in fact, we actually Mm-hmm. We're, we were deciding between which one to drop first and we ended up right through me, which right. I do think was the right right decision. Um, but yeah, Move It or Lose It was the first yeah. one that we wrote at the end of, we were writing it at the end of 2020 and we were like, yo, this is what we needed. No, end of 2019. 2019. Sorry, 2020 is when we recorded the whole album. End
0: of right, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, the artwork for the record and like, because obviously some of that artwork for the record shows up in this video with the whole Masked I don't know what that record. thing is if it's a goat, if cool. it's a cat so, I mean, what I mean, is cool. it?
3: it's supposed to be um, a cool. it's supposed to be a demon version of a mouse and a mouse was the, kind of our logo from the oh, okay. last album Um, and sure. the, basically the metaphor of the album is, is a representation of all of the grief and insecurity we feel around following our dreams and not necessarily knowing that we have a future in it, you know what I mean um, and diving so mm, deep into it. Yeah. And this slow bloom was kind of the album where we said, all right, there's no turning back now. Like we're, we're doing this. So if we, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, the band could just break up and we could all go just get an army jobs. But uh, yeah, we, we felt a lot of uncertainty around that period of time, because we were like, yeah. if this doesn't pop, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Luckily,
0: it's done yeah. very well, and I'm very, very d- happy with how it's going. But. Sure, I was gonna ask. I was like, "So where well, are you at static. now with we're that so uncertainty? <laughs> is it? exactly Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've got this, I guess, demon mouse now. I know hanging on my <laughs> Most wall in here. Think it's a cat. It's a <laughs> mouse. Yeah. Well, because I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, like a cat or uh, in the video, it looks. I was like, is it a goat? Like, because it definitely looks like it's supposed to be some. I guess like cultish sort of like imagery type stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but uh, it's, it's pretty rad and it's on my wall. So um, yeah, the next song that you brought uh, is also, I mean, off of slow bloom and it's what track number three. Oh, the next song. Look at that. This was actually the first song that I heard from your band. I'm not sure why or how, like, cause I don't think like I'm, I'm, I mean, it was on YouTube. I know that much. And I see it was like, it's on the Revival Recordings page. But I don't know that I was subscribed to it at the time. So it must have just gotten... The algorithm must have won. And uh, it, it showed up and I watched it and absolutely loved it from the get-go. So this is uh, the song Watching All Your Friends Get Rich. Oh,
4: what's
1: worse? Sitting on your front stage, all your friends get rich. Oh, wake it up with an emptiness signature.
0: That song is the combination of all three of your influential or, songs you yep, I kind of feel the same way.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah. That ending riff yeah. was Sky's idea. Um,
0: yeah, okay. Because it, it, it reminds me, like, I think it was the Don Broco song where it all of a sudden, for, like, a brief moment, takes this, like, gnarly kind of heavy turn. Whereas I like that you guys do that, but also, like, build it as part of a song rather than just this, like, quick little, like, Oh, you Remember, outro, remember right? what <laughs>
2: you just said uh when we released the deluxe edition of Slow Bloom, the one of the bonus <laughs> tracks is, yeah. uh, it's the
3: B side. is it's the B-side. It's the one that wasn't going to make it on the album. There's two songs that yeah, yeah. are getting released yeah. with, with the um the deluxe version. The deluxe. And one of them was supposed to be on the yeah. album but it got pulled for a bunch of reasons. And then the other wasn't going to be on the album right. and was always going to be waiting for the deluxe.
0: Sure, yeah. Yeah, so this – I mean, th- does this song speak to a little bit of that insecurity oh, that you were talking about? <laughs> um, because, I mean, obviously the chorus in this song, like watching all your friends get rich, like it's – the the funny thing is like the imagery I picture, you know, like um, – I, I don't know what your upbringing was like, but just like the line of like sitting on your front step, watching all your friends get rich, like it just reminds me of, you know, like an inner city kid who's hanging out, you know, like – Friends are hanging out on the street. You're sitting on the front step. You know that whole kind of like image, but uh, but yeah, are you are you singing about other bands there, sort of thing? Like they're maybe getting a bit of a, a bump, and you're like, oh, no, when's our it's shot?
3: more so singing about like. I mean, we live in Seattle, which is like a huge tech city, and all of our friends yeah. have like really high-paying tech jobs, <laughs> right. and we yeah. like the thing is, is that I literally turned one down because I. I straight up said one of my homies was like, hey, come work for me here that or come work with me here. It'd be really cool to have you on the team. Um, I I already talked to my higher ups and, and they they really like the idea based on your, you know, education and credentials and things like that. Um, mm. and I went and just like had an informal lunch with one of his bosses and him. And I the first thing I basically said mm. was, Yeah, so do you think I'd be able to tour?
0: And they were like, no. And I was like, well, that answers that. Uh, Cool, thanks for the lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, in this this video is... So uh, as I mentioned, this was the song that introduced me to the band. And I mean, first and foremost, opening with the chorus, which I don't know if upon first hearing this song, if it's immediately obvious that you're opening with the chorus, because it is a little like... For this world of music um it's definitely a different sounding chorus, right like a lot of you know in that in in this world of music, I find like is the chorus is this big like anthemic like sing along whereas this is a lot more again kind of like layered in that r and b pop sort of melody line, I guess that you're singing but and then you know so and it starts kind of on a more i guess a quieter version of the chorus before the song really gets going. Uh, but this is a song where I will, you were talking about, uh, was it the Don Broco album you were talking about that you, um, like listen to every day for three months or whatever. Uh, this is, this is a song where in a similar sense where I don't tend to, like when I listen to music, I'll, I'll typically, I'll put an album on and I'll just listen to it start to finish. Right. Whereas like this song is one of those ones where I'm like. It plays, if I'm, lis- if I'm listening to Slow Bloom, this song plays, and instead of just letting it continue on to the next song, I'm like, yeah, I want to listen to that <laughs> one again because it's, yeah, well, it's offering so much, you know, so many different elements, and we've talked about where those elements are coming from, you know, where some of that inspiration is coming from. So um, when you're writing a song like this and putting it together, like the horn section, and you mentioned Sky saying, like, kind of with the idea of that, kind of like the the riff at the end, like, are those ideas in your head when you're initially writing the song or does a lot of that kind of come together you know uh, at in the, the beginning
3: of the process it was less and less but as we started using them like they were in the demos like we had the idea um during right. the demo process as opposed to yeah. in the studio but we started considering them more as we uh went down the line of um writing the album yeah so mm. uh they they will definitely be in consideration and- writing the next one
0: right like so, like the the horn section in that song. Uh, one thing I really kind of appreciate about it is that it's like it's it's subtle in the sense that the first time I listened to it, I was like, "Wait, are there horns in this song?" And maybe it's because you like it's not a style of music where you're necessarily expecting it, right? Like for, you know, all of a sudden a blast of horns to come in. But it certainly adds this other layer to the song that's just like the whole, I mean, while the song is kind of sitting there, like the chorus is like watching all your friends get rich or waking up with a feeling in your chest that you don't mean shit or whatever the line, you know, is. I'm like, it's kind of like a, a a, a bit of a downer, at least on the chorus, like vibe. But at the same point, like the song itself is very like, jovial yeah, and fun. It's supposed to be like
3: cheeky <laughs> and sarcastic basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it and it, I mean I think especially coupled with the video, um, it it definitely it definitely comes off and it's it's great. Uh so I will I will be listening to this song this for a song. long time. Uh, Watching my friends
3: I get rich is my personal favorite song from
0: the album. Nice. There you go. It, a, a funny story. So we were um my wife and I we just went we drove out to the mountains a couple weekends ago, and uh I had downloaded slow Bloom onto my phone to play while we were driving and I hadn't played it for her before um and she's kind of like when it comes to when it comes to music she just kind of goes along for whatever I'm listening to you know, like we'll go to shows and she'll she'll come because she's like eh, why not it's a night out sort of thing right um and then there's like a handful of bands that she actually really like so like you know like jimmy world and the used are a couple of her like favorite you know bands or whatever and um when i was when i put this on she was like sitting there she's like whoa there's like so many layers to this music and it was this song in particular and i was i was laughing and i was you know like saying like oh you know who it reminds me of i don't know if you were ever uh into the band the audition we get that um yeah yeah so and 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 I was like, I was, I was bringing that up because we had gone to uh, Missoula, Montana, a number of years ago, uh, and while we were there, you know, we were at a store. It was like a skate shop, and they were selling CDs at the front. And uh, I forget the name of the the album. It's like, I think it might be the first audition movie. album, maybe. Okay, no, not that one. It's the one where like it's got the guy's face. He's like his his profile. He's turned sideways. The yeah, Champion? It champion? Yeah, so I, I was like, I had no idea who they were at the time, and I picked it up and bought it. And, you know, this was before, you know, like I had Bluetooth or an aux cord in my car or whatever. So it was like when you're listening to music, it was CDs, right? So we put it in, and we were listening to it for this trip. And she she really liked it. And I was like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, so when we were listening to Slow Bloom, I was like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the audition, but like heavier. And she's like, yeah, it reminds me of a specific audition song. And she like starts singing, and uh, what she started to sing was um, "Dance Dance" by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> that is funny. And I'm, and I, yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, you're singing "Dance Dance" by Fall Out Boy. And she's like, no, 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 I know that song, but it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, yeah, that's "Dance Dance" by that's Fall Out funny. Boy. So we had this back and forth and i still don't know what song she was actually thinking of um but i, I had a good laugh at that <laughs> so but she really liked she she was i liked that she was sitting there and going like there's a lot yep. going on in this song you know and like listening I... to the different layers like that's pretty rad yeah so uh the final song that you you brought is the title track off of slow bloom so that means it's a uh, it's called slow bloom so let's listen to it
1: it's my... I yeah, feel like I do, and when it counts, don't let it pass. Make that shit last. Make that shit last. Are you here to win? Are you here to give in? Money's not the problem if you don't know have to spend it. Catch me if I fall, but push me back into the cold. Push me back into the cold.
0: Do you guys have making Zero, music videos? Zero, it's stressful as fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's stressful is for it? me because I was because <laughs> you them. always right. I say because they're always. I mean, they're very obviously, obviously. Like the first song that we listened to was a little more kind of just yeah. like a straightforward. You guys jamming in a space, but um, the last two are, are kind of. they are yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, there's there's aspects so of it cool. that are fun for um,
2: sure. The thing that uh, you that we I think we do a pretty good job of hiding is that since we aren't very big, we don't have a lot, a huge budget. So we don't have a lot of time. So we right. do a ton of planning yeah. beforehand. And then once we're at like a lot of these locations, you know, cost 150, 200 bucks an hour. So once we're there, we like jam mm. as much stuff in as we possibly can as quickly as we can. So they're pretty stressful.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so the, oh, go ahead. for context, the right through me music video, um, I can see the move it or lose it music video. Uh, the slow Bloom" music video and oh, yeah. another night alone with You" music video. Those four I made, um, oh. the watching our friends get rich oh, music okay. video. We hired somebody for, um, who is better than me <laughs> and his name is Mark. <laughs> and we just did another music video for him for a song. I won't mention Number two. Oh yeah. We did. We did just two music videos with him, Um, and we're planning another one. So we got plenty more on the That's way. Crazy. Like I,
0: yeah. Um it's crazy to me like how often. And maybe it's just because it's it's probably overall just cheaper to make music videos now than it for was, sure. right? Like it's just how how many music videos bands put out. I'm always like I love it, you know. YouTube is obviously such a big um you know, a a big platform to get on. And it's funny because like uh you know, when I was growing up getting into music, like obviously there was like MTV2 was like the big one for playing music, because MTV by that point had already stopped playing music for the most part, but MTV2 playing music up here in Canada it was much music, and, like, so that's where you watched music videos, and then as soon as those stations, like, stopped playing music videos, you know, as often as they were, it felt like, oh, our music video is gonna go away, but now, like, with YouTube and the fact that technology for, you know, cameras and stuff has, like, gotten more yeah. and more affordable over time, that, like, yeah, music videos, I think, are definitely um, a big thing now. It's, it, I love it because it's a, uh, it's something to watch that song in particular. We we spend a lot of time talking about the video that the listener can't actually see. Um, but that song in particular, I feel one, of, I don't know if it was the first time I listened to it, but your vocal line in it reminds me of like, like just okay. guitar licks. If that, if that makes sense, like if it, like when I hear it, I'm like, Oh, it sounds like, you know, someone, you know, the song was there and then, you know, a guitar player was just like playing little guitar licks here and there over top of it. And then you're and he's like, OK, that's what you got to write your vocals to. And because uh, they're just like the, they are these like little licks that kind of get put together. Um, but again, it's the, the one thing I love about your band and this album in particular is the fact that there's like how how important for you as a songwriter is a hook. Whether it's a big like anthemic hook, sing along sort of thing, or just like those things that you're like, that's there to bring a listener back. How how much thought goes into that? Because your vocals do that a lot for me. Where it's like, man, he's just doing so many different, I guess, unique vocal lines to what we're I'm typically used to hearing in pop punk, post hardcore, whatever you know, the world that I spend most of my listening Uh, time.
3: Thank you. Uh, I much more important now. writing the last album way less important um but with slow bloom i considered the structure and where things fit together a lot more when writing my vocals um and i'm glad i did and i will continue to do that going forward um but yeah the the hook is the hook is pretty important um yeah i want to i want to give people something to latch on to um so that they can they they want to come back
0: Yeah, and do you have any songs that come to mind, like off of this, Mm -hmm. off of this particular record, where you're like, it's just missing something, and then you went back and worked on, and you know, some, you know, a new vocal line or part came to you that you added, sort of, not necessarily after, but you're like, that's what I've been looking for. A little bit. So there,
3: there are definitely some choruses that I had to do more than once to get to where it was. Um, Mm -hmm. This one in particular, Slow Bloom, Um, and. This one, I had a completely different course written uh, and I scrapped it and I started over. And um, hmm. that is not typical of me. Usually I roll with the first thing I write. I just sometimes make it try and make it better, like just changing things and improving things. Um, but yeah. yeah, other than that though, yeah, as I said, like most most of what I write is the first try, but it'll take me longer than the average person to like get there. So like sure. whereas sure yeah other musicians will often write like five different things and then pick the best one um i take the exact same amount of time it takes them to write five things to write my one thing you know what i mean because i just like i right. as yeah. soon as yeah. i i think of something and i don't like it i don't even put it on paper i'm just like i'm not, I'm not gonna bother um yeah. <laughs> yeah so it just takes more thought but it 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 works
0: and Daniel, when it comes to writing, like, your drum parts, um, just in general, how is it, like, are you... Like, I guess when a song is being created in the band, uh, are, are those ideas being brought fairly complete before you're sitting down to play the drums to them and you're just kind of, like, fitting in with what's already there? Or are you sort of crafting your drum parts while the guitar parts are sort of being fleshed uh, out?
2: Brian has written two songs... So Brian wrote Another Night Alone With You pretty much in its entirety. And then I turned the drum ideas into stuff that I could actually play. Um, And then same thing (laughs) with the song Fashion Forward on our previous record. Um, Aside from that, Mm -hmm. I am typically there at the very beginning um, and kind of the whole way through. So what we've been doing lately is all like just make up a bunch of drum beats and then program them out and send them to my guitarist to just jam on. Um, And then he kind of finds some stuff that he likes and then we go back and fine tune it. But for the most part, songs are written uh, or like I, guitar ideas are, are put down. And then I go in and like rearrange things a little bit, add drums over, like over the top of them. And then once we get kind of a rough skeleton of the song, then we bring it to Brian So, Brian can add some like additional fine tuning musically. uh, And then eventually it goes and sits in a Google Drive folder until Brian is inspired to write vocals to it. Uh, But for the most part, I'm (laughs) drum wise, I'm there like from the very beginning. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool though, like writing some, you know, drum parts and fleshing them out a little bit and then using those as inspiration. To write riffs around. Yeah,
2: if there's no... Th- That's because kind of cool. cool. if there isn't something for my guitarist to, like, play to, um, then sometimes mm-hmm. ideas make no sense. And he has a hard time explaining what right. he was going for. So it's way easier for me to just give him a variety of things. And then yeah. he, he'll take them and, like, yeah. chop them up. And so usually what I get back is, like, three-handed and not really, like... Like, it doesn't really make any sense. Um, yeah. But yeah. There, there's an idea from, like, I've given him an idea for him to mess around with. And then I get back a rough idea, at least of, like, where he thinks the snare should go. So, like, where the, what the rhythm, right. like, yeah. kind of the groove should be. Um, and then I turn it into something yeah. that's, like, actually playable. Uh, I actually didn't, for Slow Bloom, I didn't sit down and really play any of the songs until about, three weeks before we hit the studio to record them because we were just everything we just program it all. And then I kind of tap it out myself. Yeah. Um, but I like sat down about three weeks before we hit the studio to like make sure everything flowed the way I wanted. And that it like made sense for me to be able to play it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, thanks for, thanks for hanging out tonight. And, uh, Being willing to talk about some stuff that influenced you and some of your music and stuff, it was was a lot of fun.
1: Exactly.